We're glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. Now, we're talking about the intent of the Word and how that Paul has made the statement that the Word is nigh you or nigh unto me. It's as close to you as getting it in your mouth and in your heart. Now, all the time there's people saying, well, I just wish I could get that Word in me, Brother Caps. Well, you can if you get it in your mouth. Now, go with me to Philippians, the second chapter. Let's pick up on something that Paul says here because it'll relate to something that he said there in Romans, the 10th chapter. Let's start with verse 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, that's a strange statement, isn't it? And you hear people teaching all kinds of things from that. Well, if you just really believe now, if you really believe what you believe, if you're sincere, well, you'll be all right. No, you can be sincere, but you can be sincerely wrong and go straight to hell. There's a lot of people sincere, but they're sincerely wrong. He's not talking about working out your own salvation. There's only one name given among men whereby you must be saved, and that's Jesus. And that's what he's talking about back up here. If you back up the 10th verse, it says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. In other words, he's willing and he will do it. See, both to will and to do his good pleasure. Now, let's find the intent of this. Work out your own salvation. Now, if you go back to Romans, the 10th chapter, you find this word salvation here. In verse 10, it says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, that word does not just mean being saved. It means deliverance, preservation, healing, and soundness. Actually, you could just about say almost totally encompassed in that word is total prosperity physically, spiritually, and financially. But now listen to the next verse. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. Well, now, if you're righteous, you've been born again. Isn't that right? I mean, that's the way you get righteous. So you could believe in your heart and be born again, be a child of God. But you might not be delivered from the evils of this present world or have deliverance, preservation, and healing. But now notice what he says. For with the heart men believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth. In other words, you could believe and be born again. I've heard Brother Hagin talk about a guy that come running down to the altar, just slid into the altar, and by the time he was under the altar, he was speaking in tongues. Hadn't said a single word. So you see, sometimes we say, well, you've got to confess Jesus is Lord. Well, I think we ought to do that. But you see, you can believe in your heart and be born again. You can make a decision in your heart. Proves it right there. But then he says, and with the mouth confession is made unto 
salvation or deliverance, preservation, healing, and soundness. In other words, you can be born again by believing in your heart, but if you want to get delivered from the oppressive forces of the enemy against you, you better get your mouth in motion. Why? Because it's in your mouth and then it's in your heart. It's in your mouth and in your heart. And faith cometh. Faith by hearing and hearing and hearing. Now let me reiterate what we touched on in the last session in Romans the 12th chapter where Paul said, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now we talked about that a little bit. The fact that how you measure faith is you measure the amount of word that's in you. That's the only way you can measure faith. You have to find out where they're located with the word, how much word is in an individual. And you can be around them just a few minutes and you can locate them. Well, I'm just afraid so-and-so. Well, that means they believe it. See, you can just take the word fear and just put believe there and you've got the same thing just about. Anything you're talking about. Well, I'm afraid I'm going to be sick. That means you believe you're going to be sick. If you didn't believe it, you wouldn't have any fear. Hmm? So how much word is in you is the way you'd measure how much faith is in you. Now, you could have great faith in one thing and no faith in another thing. Because you might not even know about the promise of God. But he said he's dealt to every man the measure of faith. Well, here is the measure of faith. That's all the faith there is right there in that Bible. We're talking about Bible faith now. You know why? Because faith cometh by hearing the word. So that's the word. That's all the faith there is. God has dealt it to every man on the face of the earth, but not every man received it. Every man could receive it, but not every man does receive it. You see, in another place, Paul said, not all men have faith. Well, they don't, because they won't receive the word. But God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. See, he dealt it to us in his word. That's the point I want you to see. It doesn't mean that God has just dumped the whole bucket of faith on us. It's in his word. And if you don't get that word in you, you'll never have the faith in you. Amen. That's why people have to hear the word. They have to hear the word. You have to preach the word. How shall they hear without a preacher, Paul said. The word must be there. And then when the word is there, then faith is there. And I'll tell you what, when you get faith in God's Word and begin to act on it, things are going to change around your house. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I think we'll go to the 11th chapter of Luke. I want to hit some things, especially some scriptures that we've missed the intent of the Word. See, it's important to know what Jesus intended for us to get a hold of. Because I know in teaching a lot of times... I have people come up to me and say, well, Brother Caps, you said so-and-so. I said, no, I didn't say that. But that's what they heard. See, they thought I said that. But that wasn't the intent of what I said at all. Now, look here in the 11th chapter of Luke. Let's start verse 2. And he said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go to him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves? And he starts on a discourse 
I believe over the years has been almost totally misunderstood because we have not dealt with the intent of what Jesus is saying. First of all, notice that he's asked a question. Which of you shall have a friend like this? Now, when I read this, I want you to decide if you'd have a friend like this. Because that's the key to understanding what Jesus is trying to put over to you. Let's start verse 5 again. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go to him at midnight, and shall say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves, a friend of mine, in his journey is come unto me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, my children are with me in bed, I cannot rise and give thee. Now if you read it in the Amplified, I believe the question mark is at the end of verse 7. That's the total question right there. Now, you've got the question, which of you would have a friend like that? If you went to him and said, now, I've had a friend come by. I have some tuna fish, but I don't have any bread. Would you loan me some bread? And they said, no, you ugly thing. We're already in bed. We're not going to get up and give you nothing. (laughs) Now, that's what Jesus asked them. Would you have a friend like this? Which one of you would have a friend like it? Not for long, would you? I mean, you had friends like that. You had friends like that, you wouldn't need any enemies. But now, if you're not careful, you'll lose the whole intent of what Jesus is saying and come out with the exact opposite of what Jesus said. But now listen to what he said in verse 8. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity he'll rise and give him as many as he needeth. Importunity means barefacedness or boldness or persistence. But now, when you say persistent faith, you've changed the word. Persistent faith means faith that asks and believes it receives and just stands there and stands there until he gets it. Because if you believe you receive, why would you ask again? When you say persistence or boldness, he, he said he won't give it because he's a friend. God doesn't answer your prayer just because of friendship. But it's because the man had enough faith in him that if I go to him at midnight, he's bold enough to go to him even at midnight. He said, I'll get up and give him as many as he needeth. Amen. Now, what did Jesus say about faith? He said, Mark eleven twenty four says, Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. Well, if you believe you receive what you prayed for this morning, you won't pray for it again in the morning. I mean, why would you? You would thank God for it. Now, we're talking about petition of prayer. Not talking about intercession now. Not talking about the prayer of thanksgiving and praise. We're not talking about praying the Word of God. You can pray that over and over and over. Talking about petition where you ask God to do something. If you believe Him, you only have to ask once. Now, see... Somebody said, yeah, but what if it's not his will? You can't believe him if it's not his will. Because the only way you can get faith to believe him is from his word, and his word is his will. Amen. There's a lot of people asking for things. It's not the will of God. They can't believe it because they don't have a word for it. It's impossible to pray the prayer of faith if you don't know what God said about it. God bless you. appreciate you joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast today. Now, our offer all this week is CD offer number 7243. It's entitled, The Intent of the Word. Two CDs for $15 plus $4 postage and handling, a total of $19. You see, the Word of God is important, but the intent of that Word is more important sometimes than what the Word said itself. Now, here's what I mean by that. 
if you take it out of context, you miss the intent of the word. Now, let me give you, for instance, in Romans chapter 8, you hear people say, well, you know what the Apostle Paul said, all things work together for good. Well, now, that really wasn't what the Apostle Paul said. Even though that statement is in the Bible, if you take it out of context, that is not what the Apostle Paul said. That's not the intent of what he said. Let's start with chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself, or himself, maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. The Greek says, cannot be uttered in articulate speech. And he that searcheth the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. Now notice, there it is in the scripture, verse 28. We know that all things work together for good. Now what's he talking about? What is the intent of that verse? It's connected to the two verses before. When you pray in the Spirit, you're praying the way God would pray. And then we know that after you've prayed in the Spirit, that's Jesus the intercessor praying through your spirit, praying the way God would pray. Then you know that all things you prayed about in the Spirit will begin to work together for good. Paul didn't believe that everything worked together for good. And he's the one that wrote this. See, the intent is more important than what was said in that particular verse. That's offer number 7243. It'll be a blessing to you. Two CDs for $15 plus $4 postage and handling, a total of $19. We have a toll-free order line, 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this is Charles Capps reminding you, the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Capps. P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Caps Ministries and our listeners in this area.